Hey everybody, welcome back to the Podcast Daily. Happy Thursday. And it is time once again for a position preview as we look ahead to the start of spring practice, which is now less than one month away for Ohio State. We're going to look uh, in the, at the secondary and more specifically at the Ohio State cornerbacks and try and put in context what happened last year and how that may carry over into March and April uh, for position coach Tim Walton in a group that must replace uh, one starter in Cam Brown and one rotational guy who started a handful of games last year in J.K. Johnson, and then so much more with Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. So I guess the hardest part, Berm, is just to decide what to make of last year at cornerback for Ohio State. Evaluate that before we can go ahead to what needs to happen in March and April. Yeah, I don't think it was bad. Uh, I don't think it was good. I think it was a year that was a little bit frustrating uh, for fans, certainly. Uh, extremely frustrating for players like Jordan Hancock, Denzel Burke, Cam Brown, et cetera. Uh, I think it was frustrating for a coaching staff that thought that they had a guy in J.K. Johnson that that could step up and emerge and be a, a, a dude at that spot when he hit, was pressed into action, and he didn't do that, and now he's transferred out of the program. Um, but I also think it's a, a program and, and a position with a, an experienced coach who's been in the NFL for 15 years that isn't going to make excuses, and that was really the takeaway from – last Wednesday's meeting with Tim Walton is that he wasn't going to take too many um, looks at the the reasons why they struggled um, and, and instead is just looking forward to getting Jordan Hancock and Denzel Burke and Davison Egbenosin and Jair Brown and getting these guys reps and, and seeing what they can do moving forward. It was like it was fine I think is probably the way to describe the, the last last season for the cornerbacks it's there were times where it was frustrating to see them lose like 50-50 balls with with consistency. I think maybe that's my biggest takeaway is like why why wasn't Ohio State doing more disruption from that position? But but by and large, like there weren't games where teams were exploiting them regularly. There were the the handful of big plays. Obviously, the Cameron Brown missed tackle against Michigan probably is the one that sticks out in most people's minds. But I, like Cam Brown had nice moments too. Like there was there's I think there's that for everybody. There's some some things you really like, some things that make you want to pull your hair out the overall feeling coming out of it was like that it was just an okay season for the position. But I, I also too, like for a, for a program that has had the track record that Ohio state has had recently of finding developing and then producing first round talent at that position. I, I have found myself asking the question more regularly than I thought I would recently of like, where are the dudes? Like where, there's, there's guys here that are pretty good. Is there a guy or two in this room that can emerge to be something more than that and, and kind of get back to where Ohio State has been in the, in the not-too-recent past? Yeah, and I think it was it was tough for Tim Walton to bring that out of those guys last year because of what they lost. And I, I think it's worth a reminder. I've said it many times. Like uh, Certainly playing football, like anything else in life, is about those reps. And what Jordan Hancock and Cam Brown and Denzel Burke were missing were the opportunities not just to do that in games, but – Really starting in that first week of training camp in August, all three were on the shelf. He had the long-term hamstring issue for Jordan Hancock. It never really seemed quite right for him, but he wasn't able to get even on the practice field regularly until the middle of October. Uh, there was a, a shoulder issue for Denzel Burke and then a hand later on in September that required surgery. So like, I, I remember being pretty critical of his play in that first month of the season. Like, He doesn't look like Denzel Burke, and you know why is that? Like, some that's one of the disadvantages for the way Ohio State handled injury information last year is that you don't, you know, they're not publicly giving you a full picture of what is holding these guys back, and all you see then is Saturday because we don't get to watch practice once the season starts either. So that that hurt. Cam Brown had a knee injury, then a concussion situation. So all three of those guys are missing 
practice and game reps that they need to be game ready. Even if you're a veteran, you just don't go onto the field and play at a high level without having worked at it. And then you had inexperience behind them and not many, like the scholarship numbers were lower than where Ohio state would ideally want them to be. JK Johnson didn't really take, you know, the bit there to become a regular starter. Now he's not in the program. Jair Brown, I thought showed some flashes to Bill's point. Like there was good stuff there. And there was stuff that Ohio state was like, well, he is a freshman. He's not going to be ready for this regular role. But all of those things, whether that's help, health for the frontline guys that are back or more experience for somebody like Jair Brown or Ryan Turner, there's reason, I think, for optimism there because they know the system. They're, they're going to have a chance to go through March and April without uh, wear and tear. Now, staying healthy is a completely different matter. That's unpredictable. But I would think that the pieces right now fit better or or have maybe a higher ceiling than at this time a year ago. As long as they're healthy, the ceiling's a lot higher. Yeah. And I, I think that you have to look at the Ohio State defense as a whole, and you can look at the secondary or the cornerbacks in a micro sense. There have been how many different coaches at Ohio State since 2018 coaching mm. the secondary, the linebackers, the defensive coordinators? Like at some juncture, if you ask yourself why the Ohio State offense has been so good and so consistent, maybe it's because the coaching's, coaching hasn't changed. Maybe it's because they haven't replaced three defensive coordinators and four cornerbacks coaches and four linebackers coaches. That's a problem. And at some point, you're, you're, you're not going to get the most out of players when you're changing who is coaching them year in and year out. And that is a, a part of the, the give and take that Ryan Day is having to try to figure out, I think, as a head coach and as a CEO of the program, because there is certainly a limit where you go, okay, we can't accept any more of this sort of outcome. But on the flip side of that, when you bring in somebody else and have to start all over again, it's the the chances are that they're going to be taught different things and it's going to look a lot different. Yeah, Cameron Brown, who just left, had what four different position coaches in five years? Is that right? Yeah, Jeff yeah. Halfley, that, Kerry Combs. You know, he was here. <laughs> Tabor Johnson, wasn't he? With Tabor, Tabor Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and I guess that's that's somewhat more stable now. Like Denzel Burke, I guess, is the veteran in the room, and he's only had two position coaches. Uh, after he got here in 2020. So that's, that's, uh, that's as stable as it gets, I think. <laughs> 2021. 2021, so, sorry. He's only yeah, been he's there. Yeah, coaches. he's only, yeah, and he's been years. there two years. So <laughs> two years. I'm not sure so that that's the two, example I'd point to. Two for two. It's worse. It's worse <laughs> than I uh, was making it out to be. Never mind. Uh, it remains <laughs> unstable. <laughs> I just think that's a problem, right? Like at some juncture, yeah. you have to have some sort of stability in, in the coaching room, right? You would think so. Yeah, so, I mean, they've got that. Tim Walton's back uh, for another spring here with Ohio State. So um, they've also added Davis and Egbenosin into this equation. I think there's a lot of people that expect if you go out and you bring somebody from the transfer portal that they've, they're going to have an instant impact. Uh, I don't know that I would necessarily, as I sit here going into March, place him ahead of either a healthy Jordan Hancock or a Denzel Burke. Um, I don't know if I'm in the minority in that or not, but – uh, it's also not like he's played and he's played. He was thrown out there into the fire for an SEC team. He was also part of a pretty middling pass defense. So uh, that's nothing against him. I think he was a big time pickup, but I'm, I'm only saying that as a little bit of a caution because it doesn't mean that you should automatically just in your mind, discard what Jordan Hancock, the, the momentum that he had, the off season that he had Ohio state knows what kind of worker he is and they've seen the potential and Denzel Burke for some of the lows that, you know, he hit last year was also maybe the best player on that defense two years ago as a true freshman. And 
Um, I thought he played extremely well in the Peach Bowl once he got some of that health stuff behind him. So, you know, if you get between the three of those and or Jair Brown pushing as well, that's a, that's an interesting spot to be in. But and I don't, and again, I'm not bringing that up to knock Davis and Igbenosin, who I've never you know met or or seen go through a practice at Ohio State yet. But I think those other two guys should have the lead going into March and April. We'll see how that transpires. I think, yeah, I, I think they will. I, I would, I would assume they would, but, but I, I also think it's really good for those two guys, even if that's the case, to have somebody now in the room that can push them for for that job. Because I don't know if that was a, a guarantee. Otherwise, if they didn't bring in Davis and Igbo, so maybe it is Jair Brown, as you mentioned. Dre uh, Matthews is here as, as an early enrolled true freshman, and and he certainly seems to have like the make- mental makeup and approach to to want to do that, but. Whether or not he has the ability just yet is is yet to be determined. But I think Davis and Igbenosin certainly does. And even if he's not an automatic upgrade over those guys, I I, I might consider him so. And and part of that is just like Jordan Hancock hasn't played very much for me to have a strong opinion about him. Mm-hmm. Um, Denzel Burke, I I find myself questioning a little bit what we saw two years ago, given what we saw last year. Was it just a matter of that defense was so bad two years ago that even like an average player looks really good, or <laughs> or was he? impacted by those injuries to the point where he just really took a big step back and there's there's room for them to, to kind of jump back up this year i i, I don't know I, I i give him the benefit of the doubt i suppose but um i really like what i saw out of davis and igmanos in a little bit i got to watch of him at, at ole miss just from mm-hmm. like a pure like body type length you know ball disruption kind of perspective like he just is different than a lot of the guys that they have in that room at the moment but that's not to say that his presence can't now bring out the best in Denzel Burke and, and Jordan Hancock and, and anybody else, and, and those guys can kind of keep uh, Davison at bay, and then you have a really good probably three- or four-man rotation you feel good about. I think that's why I go back to the word frustrating uh, as far as to how to break down what we saw last year and why it's still frustrating now because we went all last summer and all last August talking about how that position group at corner was the most unproven group, a lot of talent. You know what those guys can do or you think you know what those guys can do if they get a chance to really get their feet under them and and take off, and then they didn't get that. And now we're heading into spring with all of the exact same questions that you had last year, uh, with the notable exception, I guess, that the depth is going to be a little bit better because of the addition of Igbenosin and then Calvin Simpson Hunt when he arrives in June. Calvin Simpson Hunt, maybe if you're talking about who's the dudes, right? That's what Bill's asking, who are the dudes? Igbenosin and Calvin Simpson Hunt and Jermaine Matthews may be the most – like mentally dudish of that group, uh, <laughs> if that makes sense, uh, because it's it's it is hard for guys like Hancock and Burke at this point, I think, to just put what happened in the last year behind them and, and go out and say, "Hey, I'm I'm healthy, I'm ready to go." And now, you know, it's just different. The Ohio State defense four years ago, you rotated in three corners. Now you're rotating in sixteen safeties and two corners are on the field all the time. So how <laughs> how do you how do you how do you how do you get yourself over this hump? Uh, and if for Igbenosin, my question with him ultimately is that culture shock adjustment between Ole Miss and Ohio State. How is he going to fit into the room? Um, you know, and is there a, a longer adjustment period there than you'd think? But certainly, if you look at his film, uh, as Bill said, like there, there's a lot of talent there. But to just say he's he's a starter or whatever is doing a disservice to to Hancock and Burke for sure. Well, and. Tim Walton wanted to make it clear that he didn't view any of them as starters and that he wanted a, a blank slate going into March and April, which is fair. Uh, you know, the way he put it was that Denzel was the only returning starter. And then somebody tried to follow up and say, well, so he's your only starter back. And he said, well, no, I'm not saying that. 
everybody's going to have to go out there and earn it. And I think that's what makes for a pretty – anytime the football is in the air in March and April at Ohio State's practices, there's going to be a lot to learn. We talked about that with you know new wide receivers, obviously the quarterback battle. Who wants to actually go – who's going to go make the most uh, defensively of those one-on-one reps and, and take a, a job by the caller? I think if there was a something from Denzel Burke that I was like mostly honed in on, it was that I felt he was making a lot of business decisions to protect himself physically. The injury, I think, was certainly part of that. But even late in the year against Maryland, I remember you know us coming out of that game and being like, he's running straight at a guy at a quarterback, and he's like dodging out of the way. He didn't do that against Georgia. I give him that's why I give him full marks for that. So I'm trying to figure out in my mind like. How much of that kept him even from doing things like tackle Denzel Burke? And will the fact that he had to take some lumps last year when it seemed like as a freshman it was going to be so easy for him? He already was going up there. People wanted to be an All-American. He's signing, you know, he's got trading cards and autographs. Like, this is it. It's smooth sailing. I wonder how how he'll respond to that sobering reality, both mentally and physically. And then if there's a new challenge for Migbenosin, how he responds to that. I think. To me, Denzel Burke is one of the most fascinating people on this roster right now. I just think it's a matter of physical toughness. I mean, it wasn't a Denzel Burke uh, issue alone. If you remember J.K. Johnson against Northwestern, he refused to try to tackle people. I mean, it, it was an issue with the cornerbacks all year, and I don't know if it's because they were all so reluctant because they'd all been dealing with various injuries, if it's something different that's being taught. I, I, it's hard to pinpoint anything when you didn't have consistent players on the field every week to know hey, this is what this guy really is. It, it's hard to know what was real and what was not. There's a lot of people in the in the fan base that are very hard on Tim Walton right now and saying, hey, he didn't do a good enough job. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that the question is what's real and what's not, and it's it's almost impossible to look at last season and have a true answer from that. I, I know from talking to players that are in that room that there's a whole lot of respect for Tim Walton from from the guys on that team. Uh, they really like what he's done and what he's brought. So I don't think it's a situation where he's failing to connect with them. But certainly there was a a lack of physicality from the corners last season from start to finish, whether it was playing through a deep ball, whether it was coming up and supporting the run, whether whatever it was. I just I think that there was a, a lack of mental toughness in that group, and, and that's got to change. And that's where the guys like Igbenosin and, and Jermaine Matthews have to really uh, contribute this spring. That's the thing that I wonder, like, because I, you know, it's it's putting a lot, I guess, on the shoulders of guys we've not seen very much of just yet. But from watching, whether it's the high school tape of Jermaine Matthews and Calvin Simpson Hunt or watching Davis and Iguodosan at Ole Miss, like, I don't I don't doubt that those guys are going to bring that kind of mentality to the cornerback room. And let's say they do and the returning guys just sort of carry on with what they were doing last year. Is the tr- is the slate truly blank to the extent where like Tim Walton will actually treat it like he doesn't have returning starters and and just play the guys that that do bring that to the table because I agree that it is a necessary missing component of this defense especially with the way that Jim Knowles wants to deploy his cornerbacks and and put them on islands and sometimes make them responsible as, as the only guy between a a, a nine yard gain and, and a touchdown like I don't I don't think that's going to change with the way that Jim Knowles calls things so so I think the cornerbacks have to kind of do their part to, to carry the load there. Um, but but I I did feel like they did against Georgia. Like the, the, the Georgia game, maybe I, I don't think the lasting impact is like that last touchdown where Denzel Burke got beaten coverage. Like I didn't think that coverage was bad. And, and prior to that, I thought he played well and I thought Cam Brown played well, like like Austin said. And if, and if that is the result of merely being healthy and being able to show kind of your true colors and 
if they're willing or able to be healthy this season, and that's more of what we'll see from them, then I think the position group can be good. But um, I, I still think the the jury's out on on Tim Wall. Not to the point where I thought they should have made a change because they, they didn't need another cornerbacks coach. Um, but I, I do think there is a little <laughs> bit of a proven element, proven element right now with with Tim Wall and coaching that position group. I think that it was clear watching the difference in toughness when Jair Brown was on the field or even when Ryan Turner got a chance. They were much more physical. The young guys wanted to hit people. And I think that is just something I like if we're talking about what you're paying attention to this spring. To me, that's it. We're not going to see a lot of free running and, and getting to hit people as hard as you want to. But that's a big deal to me. I think that that part, you have to be physical at all levels of the defense and the corners were just not. Well, I think. You know, Ryan Day has talked about wanting as many, you know, game-like activities and simulations and, and scrimmages as possible. And we think that, well, that's largely because of a quarterback battle and evaluation or secondarily because Brian Hartline's going to call off offensive plays. But as what, it's what you're talking about there, there too, Berm, like if you don't think your quarterbacks hit people enough or they weren't sure tacklers, the only way for them to really improve on that is to have them tackle and do that in scrimmages. Now that's the trade-off, right? We can't advocate on that on one hand and then say, well, you have to keep them healthy and make sure that they're they're ready for September and bubble wrap. Like that's the give and take and we saw that play out last year with Ohio State's injury reports on Saturday. Like if you want to build a tougher team, you have to practice to be tougher. That was the catch 22 with the cornerbacks. They weren't able to practice and then maybe they didn't play tough. So, I don't know the, the, the three of us are going to come up with a solution for that perfectly. But I do think that they're going to have to scrimmage and the cornerbacks are going to have to tackle because if you're going to evaluate on a clean slate basis, what's more important than that? Obviously, they have to cover, but if they catch it, as as Bill said, a nine-yard out and they're the last line of defense, then you have to get the guy to the ground. That's Maybe it. they can do like a virtual reality thing where like you, you are tackling, but you're not tackling. Or like Ooh. avatar technology, is that real? Can we do that? <laughs> um, I'll look into that. Okay. Is it real? I, do we have that yet? No, then we'll get we'll get complaints about Ohio State diverting resources to Avatar technology instead of NIL <laughs> payments. But wouldn't that be the ultimate NIL pitch? You get to come to Ohio State and you get an Avatar. That's I, that's millions of dollars of student athlete benefits. Are we back? <laughs> Maybe in the billions. We're back in the metaverse again. Damn it! We always end up in the metaverse. <laughs> oh, good. When. <laughs> I don't think that's what the metaverse is. That's what mimes do. <laughs> Let that's me out. Mimeverse. <laughs> Let me out of here. Well, you can't talk. You can't talk. I don't know don't how. Don't talk. Any, I don't know how any of this works. <laughs> that's probably where we should end this. Uh, yeah. This episode. Let's let's do that. Um, this was a cornerbacks preview. Believe it or not. Thank you for joining us on the podcast daily. <laughs> What kind of room is that where you're tilting your hands? I don't know. What's happening to you there? I'm on a boat. I don't know. Oh, I got it. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, And sorry for this very uh, weird ending to the podcast daily for Thursday. We hope you have a great day. Uh, We hope you, we somewhat enlightened you about the cornerbacks as spring football, but gets one day closer for Ohio state. That's Bill and Berm. I'm Austin. Thank you again. We'll see you next time.